Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. of your only begotten Son, revealed his glory upon the holy mountain. Grant to us that we, beholding by faith in the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the reading. First lesson this morning is from the book of Exodus. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction. So Moses set out with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. To the elders he had said, wait here for us until we come to you again, for Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day he called out to Moses, out of the cloud. <coughs> Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain 
in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. The word of the Lord. Proclaim the greatness of the Lord our God and worship him upon his holy hill. A lesson from the second letter of Peter. We did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory saying, this is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed. You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place 
until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First of all, you must understand this, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, because no prophecy ever came by human will, but men and women moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. The word of the Lord.
Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my Son, the Beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up, and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. I speak to you in the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mount Mitchell is the highest point in America, east of the Mississippi River. And it's also the place where I fell in love with backpacking. Growing up, I did plenty of canoeing and car camping and hiking, but I'd never been backpacking. I went to a small college in North Carolina, and I promptly joined the Outdoors Club. And so here we were, hiking Mount Mitchell. We hiked up the mountain, and about halfway up, at a place called Higgins Bald, we, we spent the night. As the name implies, Higgins Bald is a campsite near an open space on the side of a mountain, a grassy area with no trees. I don't know what happened to that little part of Mount Mitchell, but it's been that way for decades. We, went, we left the warmth of the campfire after it had gotten really good and dark to go lie down under the stars in the grass. It was a clear night and it felt like I could see every single star. Lying on my back in the freezing cold, I felt so small in the face of the vastness of the universe, but it was a really good small feeling. There were so many stars. It was a comfortable smallness, and I felt like I understood my place in the world. It was what you'd call a mountaintop experience. So what is a mountaintop experience? Judging by today's readings, mountains are an 
awesome place to meet God, a place to be transformed by the nearer presence of the divine. Moses finds God on the mountain. So do Jesus, Peter, James, and John. Peter expresses in the epistle the importance of that encounter on the holy mountain. But a mountaintop experience doesn't have to be geographical. It's a moment of revelation, of transformation and reorientation. Mountaintop moments are when God feels so close and the closeness opens us up to new hope, new possibility, new understanding. Yes, they might occur on a mountain or in a thin place, to use the language of Celtic Christianity, those places like Iona and Lindisfarne, where the border between this world and the kingdom of God seems flimsy and porous. But such moments of clarity about God and who we are in relationship to God, they can happen anywhere. Revelation can happen anywhere. God can break through the noise of our lives anywhere. In today's gospel, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up on the high mountain alone. And on that mountain, something amazing happens. Jesus is transformed. He's transfigured. His face begins to shine like the sun, and his clothes become dazzling white. And then Moses and Elijah are there, too, talking to Jesus. And then a bright cloud descends, and from the cloud comes the voice of God. This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. The disciples understandably, freak out. They fall down. They are overcome by fear. And then it's over. Jesus is alone again, and they begin their descent. Jesus orders them not to tell anyone what they saw. Not yet. We call this story the transfiguration, which means change and transformation. Growing up, I always assumed that it was Jesus who does the changing, who, who is transformed, but I no longer think that's what's going on. I don't think Jesus changed at all that day. Jesus is exactly who he's always been. Sure, as a human, Jesus grows and learns and ages, but who he is, God's son, God's beloved, God with us, that doesn't change. What changes on the mountaintop is the disciples' perception of who Jesus is. The disciples see Jesus in a new way, which is to say they see him as he truly is. This man, their teacher, is more than they could have imagined, more perhaps than they could reason out for themselves. The disciples have spent days, weeks, following Jesus, hanging on his words. They love him, and they know him better than most. But they still don't get it, not completely, because humans cannot fathom God by sheer willpower or brain power. God is something we experience. What happens on the mountaintop is a revelation, an epiphany, a vision from God of what is really going on. They see who Jesus is, 
if only for a moment. Mountaintop experiences happen when our understanding shifts and we see more clearly. The movement is almost always from a more personal place to a bigger, wider, wilder place. The disciples went up the mountain following their teacher and found God incarnate, shining like the sun with the voice of God booming down from heaven. At Higgins Bald, it was the change from seeing the world from the point of view of an 18-year-old, where I was firmly at the center of my own narrative, to feeling in a new, powerful way that I was not even near the center of this story and that that was okay. For some of us, it might be the visceral reorientation from loneliness or isolation to a truer sense of community in God, a truer sense of purpose. What strong medicine it is to see clearly. Perhaps that's why it's so tempting to try to stay on the mountain. Perhaps that's why Peter, being Peter, blurts out, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings. I'm with Peter. This is where the good stuff is, the real stuff. Let's set up camp and never leave. But staying put isn't what it's all about. Jesus has brought the disciples up on the mountain so that they can see what's really real. But what good does it is it to know the real if you don't share it? No one puts a light under a bushel. The light is meant to be shared. Mountaintop experiences aren't where we live. And if we try to stay there forever, we miss out on the chance to use what we've learned in the rest of our lives, in the messy parts of our lives, the parts of our lives that intersect with family and friends and strangers the parts where we can be spreaders of love and light and repairers of the breach. To those of us who, like Peter, would rather stay on the mountain, away from the problems, in the nearer presence of the divine, remember this. God is always as near and as palpable as God seems in those mountaintop moments. It's a matter of learning to see better. Mountaintop experiences open our eyes to see differently in the day-to-day -day of our lives. If we let ourselves be changed, we will see with new eyes. After seeing all of those stars, the night sky is forever changed for me. When city lights hide the stars, I still know what's out there, and I yearn to experience it again. When a clear night offers a somewhat starry sky, it reminds me of Higgins Bald, of the immensity of God's creation and my small place within it. Now that Peter, James, and John have seen Jesus in this new way, it stays with them. They carry the vision with them as they head down the mountain, as he continues to teach, as he continues to heal the sick. Everything Jesus does Everything Jesus says is colored by what they saw on that high mountain. Jesus leads his friends away from the day-to-day, -day, from the teaching and healing and debating and proclaiming, and they are transformed, and then they return. They go right back into it. 
They return to day to day to the people in need of healing and freedom and vision and good news. Mountaintop moments punctuate a life lived in the valley. We leave the mountain and return to ordinary life, but we are changed. And ideally, we live out those changes in the world. Life can pull us in so many directions. There's always something else to do. There's always more work to be done, more people to help, more tasks to complete. There are always temptations of different shapes and sizes. Temptations like money or power or freedom or the perfect body or the perfect family. Mountaintop experiences orient us to what really matters, what's really real. And in that reorientation to the true center, to the true source of it all, we find hope. We find purpose. One moment of feeling God's presence can carry us through a whole lot of loneliness and worry. One mountaintop experience can carry us through a lot of wilderness. This is especially good news as we say goodbye to Epiphany and begin the season of Lent this week. Lent is a time of preparation and penitence. It's a big chance to reorient ourselves to God. This week, I invite all of us to reflect on where we have felt God most clearly, perhaps on an actual mountain, or in a time of great joy, or a time of great sadness, or in one of those perfect church moments where God is so palpably present in the prayers, or the singing, or the bread and the wine. Whatever your mountaintop is, let it be a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts. Let it orient you to God and let it change you. Amen. Let us affirm our faith by reciting the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate for the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church.
Placing our hope in God and offering ourselves to God, let us pray. Almighty God, as we turn our gaze toward our Lenten journey, strengthen us to bear our cross and to follow faithfully in the way of your Son, Jesus. Shine in our hearts, Lord Jesus, and transform our lives. Loving God, may the glory we encounter here shine on our faces and in our lives. Strengthen us to embody the good news of your love. Shine in our hearts, Lord Jesus, and transform our lives. Just and merciful God, inspire those in power to establish equity and govern with compassion, that the dignity of every human being may be preserved and respected. Shine in our hearts, Lord Jesus. Your glory outshines the brightness of the sun. You reveal yourself to us through your creation. Give us hearts to love and the will to preserve what you call good. Shine in our hearts, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, free the suffering from their afflictions. Restore the broken to wholeness. Unveil the faces of those who dwell in great darkness. We remember especially those on our prayer list. Shine in our hearts, Lord Jesus. And transform our May we be changed into the likeness of your Son, O God, from glory to glory. Bring us at last into that place with all your saints where we might no longer see in a mirror dimly, but see you face to face. Shine in our hearts, Lord Jesus. You revealed your glory and presence in your beloved Son, Jesus Christ. In receiving our prayers, reveal the glory and presence of your Spirit alive in the world today and empower us to act as a transfigured people. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you thought, word, deed, by what we have done, by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are treated sorry and become repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, continue us in eternal life. Please stand. May the peace of the Lord be always with you.
especially if you're new or if you haven't been here in a while, we're so delighted that you're here this morning. Please feel free to take the little tab that's on the back of the pew in front of you, fill it out, and put it in the offering plate, and I will be in touch. We have a lot going on, but first, before I go any further, I want to welcome two very important people who are part of the St. John's family, Bill and Hope Eakins. They're back from their journey to the end of the world, Antarctica. And uh, so we're delighted that they're back with us, safe and sound, and we look forward to hearing about your latest trip. There, it sounds like it was just fascinating. Also, a big thank you to Margie. She just helped complete the four-part series on Episcopal 101 and did a fantastic job. And it's music to our ears to hear you want more. So uh, we will respond. So please, let's keep the conversation going and you can tell us the things that you are interested in and that you're hungry to know more about. It is the winding down of Epiphany as we prepare to turn towards the Lenten season, this natural rhythm of the church calendar. And so towards that preparation, we are having Shrove Tuesday Pancake Supper this coming Tuesday at 6 p.m. We will also have a very short family service on the eve of Ash Wednesday. It's only about 15 minutes here in the nave, so please, uh, come have some pancakes, bring your family, and do a little bit of the Ash Wednesday service to welcome our children into this holy observance of a holy Lent. Also, we're doing the Ash Sunday services, as we always have, 7, 12, 15 at St. James's and back here at 7. The times are in your bulletin. We're also doing Ashes to Go. This is a way of getting beyond the walls of St. John's and offering this wonderful tangible way of reminding that we belong to God. We're going to have ashes to go on Ash Wednesday in front of the church, and then Margie, in her boldness and courage, is going to be at Blueback Center. Do it there. So we're going to be in two different places. Again, a way to reach out and meet people where they are. We also have Evensong tonight. Again, one of the jewels of our Anglican tradition. If you haven't been, make sure and come. It is a beautiful way to simply be in the sacred space and feel that presence of God. It might even be a mountaintop experience. You never know. Also, we have a healing minister at the font during the Eucharist. So if you would like a prayer or blessing for yourself or for someone else, please feel free to come forward. Know that all are welcome to the table. As I've often said, it's not the church's table. It's not the priest's table. It's God's table. All are welcome. So whether you're on a mountaintop or down in the valley, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, know that you're welcome to come forward to receive the body and blood of Christ. So do not neglect to do good, but to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, because in the mystery of the word made flesh, you have caused new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to reclaim the glory of your name. We give thanks to you, O God, for the goodness and love which you have made known to us in creation and in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your word spoken through the prophets, and above all in the word made flesh, Jesus your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him, you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. And the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection. We await his coming in glory. And we offer our sacrifice 
of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country where with St. John and all your saints, we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith, with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world of peace. Grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Before I do the blessing, I forgot to mention that we are meeting immediately after this service in the reception room. Those who are interested in becoming part of a task force to study our global missions. Our warden, Jeff Emmerich, is heading this, and so we will be gathered there to begin brainstorming and seeing, praying together where God is calling us, the Holy Spirit, to be in the world, to be able to be Christ to others. So please, if you're interested, come see me or Jeff or other ward in Virginia. Thank you. Life is short, and we do not have too much time to gladden the hearts of those who travel with us. So be swift to love and make haste to be kind. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always.
Alleluia, Alleluia.